All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss I hate to break the fishing news up your Amtrak but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey congratulations you're one of the 13 listeners of the real life podcast we just traded a migraine in for like an orgasm you might want to mark that down yep all of my projects are on schedule until they're not a member of the nation network of podcasts about as funny as we're gonna get today Episode 207 of the Real Life Podcast. I'm Tyler Uremchuk, joined as always by Beg Milk. Jay at the Squire is where you find him. And Wanye, before I get to you, Wanye, because I know you're itching to get to talking about your new passion project, I need to let you know that this podcast (laughs) is brought to you by Japa Machinery. Their passion is bringing big machinery to you. Whatever you need, Japa's got it. Check them out online, japamachinery.com. We now throw to who I'm going to call the most successful insect pornography photographer. Yeah, this is my new thing. This is what my new thing is, I like. So I come <laughs> back to the palatial estates of Wanye Manor, and I approach the majestic door, and there are two flies having sex on my doorknob. And based on the photo, they're really getting it, too. And I'm like, gross. Like, it's right where I need to put my thumb to get it access to the door, you know, like a knob. <laughs> And so I shooed these fucking things and they moved over like one inch onto the door jam and continued sexing. And because I didn't think you guys believed me, I took a photo of it and I sent it to the group. Did did everybody agree that those flies are having sex? I mean, Mrs. Fly's really getting it, in my opinion. Something's happening there and I think it's sexually related. That is disgusting. In this day and age that I have to witness this carnage Bagmill, can you put that on Instagram so everyone can see the flies having? Stuff? I'm, here, I'm going to flip it around so it looks better here. I'm, yeah, yeah, I need to uh, reorient. 
I well, just, understand uh, that they're vertically doing it too, because there ain't no vert that a fly can't handle. I just posted <laughs> oh, I it. I just posted it on our real life uh, Instagram story, so uh, the people listening to this can uh, go take a peek. I oh, assume this is. I assume this is why D Cards on Apple Podcasts gave us a five star review on the twenty first of August, saying the guys are seven out of five stars. The content is three out of five stars. Huh? <laughs> so that's ten out of ten if you add the two together. It is. That's a working average. So what I'm getting from that is he doesn't really want to hear about flies having sex, but if he has to, he wants to hear about it from us. Listen, flies having sex could be the highlight of someone's day listening to this show. Could be the highlight of 2020, frankly. Yeah, it could, I guess. Isn't that a day? It's a a positive circumstance, so yeah. As an Amish prude, your Amtrak, are you offended by the sex talk? It shows me that nature is healing. Oh, wow, deep. On Saturday, Operator Rich gave a real-life podcast a five-star review. He says, gents, this is my favorite pod, first one I listen to. Entertaining, topical, genuine, and nothing gets me chuckling like Bag Milk's laugh. The pod where you guys dumped on the oil for that horrific series against Chicago was very cathartic. Keep the gambling talk going. Feel free to read aloud from Operator Rich. That came in on Saturday, Tyler. Okay, wait, I, Very did, excited. But did he say that was the first podcast he's listened to? I I, uh, I wonder if he means this is the first one in his, his That's like, what I routine. This was his first podcast uh, he started listening to. Okay. No, it was also I, a podcast. I, 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 I read it as, and by read, I mean listen to it as, it's the first one he listens to, meaning like, if he's got five podcasts to crush this week, oh. we're number one. That's how I took it as well. Okay. We need we need uh, some clarification from Operator Rich. So maybe drop in another five-star review and leave us a clarification. I'll read that one too. I, uh, yeah, I have a review here. It's one star from a Tyler Y. Mm. And it says, really stupid show, always goes off the rails. That your Chuck is such a stud. One star. That's Tyler, a good review, I think. Care to comment on who this could potentially be reviewing this podcast? Yeah, no comment. Uh, as I'll do what Marc Andre Fleury did and just say I declined to comment on whether or not I know if that was being posted. It is bizarre that you have to tell your agent to take a tweet down in this day and age. That's so 2020. Yeah, Tyler. If somebody doesn't know what we're talking about, please give us a run through. So Alan Walsh used to be a, I believe he was a defense attorney in Los Angeles, and now he's an NHL agent, and he's been a very good one for quite some time. So he's not scared of anything. Uh, but Alan Walsh tweeted a photo or it was an illustration of Marc-Andre Fleury being stabbed through the back with a giant sword. (laughs) And on the sword, it says DeBoer, as in Pete DeBoer, the Golden Knights head coach. Uh, Fleury's agent clearly mad that Robin Lehner has been getting all of the starts since being acquired at the trade deadline and wanted to send a message to the Golden Knights. Seems weird. Uh, Fleury came out, declined to comment on whether he knew that the tweet was being sent out originally or not. But uh, did come out and say he told Walsh to delete it. He has since deleted it. Robin Leonard said he thought the whole thing was funny. So, um, Fun fact, Alan Walsh is ranked number 18 on Puckpedia's agent list for active contracts. He also represents Max Pacioretty. Interesting. Really? So here's the thing. You have to... You could clearly tell that this guy was mad. Because to get an illustration like that made yeah. in such detail shows... No, 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 no. That shows some pre-meditation. Like what do you mean it's a filter? It's like a photo filter that you take a photo and then you like apply the filter and it looks like a drawing and someone just photoshopped a sword. 
Ah. Oh, jeez. Old man yells at Cloud over here. Sorry. My bad. I thought it was. I <laughs> thought he commissioned I thought, an oil painter. I thought he commissioned this. Well, if he did, I'll tell you what. That is some quality rage. Like, he, either way, he had to get this made. It That's how a like, gentleman does it, is you commission yeah. an oil painting. And you're like, in 90 days, my revenge will be served beautifully. I was just going to say, that's the pettiness that I really enjoy. If he commissioned an yeah, oil painting. An artist made some money from this, and I get joy from that. Let me ask you this. That's the Let me ask you this question. Everybody has to answer this because it's a good question. Jay, if you were randomly assigned a good NHL player, so let's pick a guy random, Max Petrian, could you negotiate his contract for him based on what you know in life? If he came to you randomly and was like, Jay, be my agent for my next contract, do you think you could get fair value? Well, yes. Interesting. How couldn't you? I don't know. Maybe a GM wouldn't take you seriously. They'd be like, get the fuck out of here. It's like Entourage stuff with the movie people. Mm. But they'll take Max Patch already seriously, so then therefore they have to take me serious. Well, I don't know. Bag milk, do you think you could negotiate a contract at fair value? Or would you if, if, if I'm trying to get a fringe NHL or some money. No, no, I'm saying like a quality guy. You're not, you're not trying to get uh, Peter Worrell his 100 goal bonus. Like, Well, that's good negotiating. Yeah, well, fair enough. If you don't ask, you don't get. But do you think you could? I bet you it's harder than you think. I I think that I would be willing a willing combatant. But if I if I think about my time as a sales rep before I started at work at the nation, I would be like, hey, do you want to buy this thing? And they would be like, no. And I'd be like, all right, sir, have a good day. So I just imagine myself being a very poor negotiator. My client would be very upset with the low rate that I got. Him. I would ask for, I would be like, uh, Max Pacioretty wants $10 million. They'll be like, no, $2 million. And I'd say, all right, that's a good deal. I'll see you guys later. Let's go have lunch. I think it's actually quite hard. Like right now, Jay and I, we're like trying to negotiate this thing, right? Like we have no idea what precedents are, market values. And like you have to do a lot of research and stuff. And I had a very brief conversation with a really expensive consultant who does this type of transaction. And like when he and I were talking about like, what are things worth, blah, blah, blah. Him telling me what he thought just off the top of his head made me completely rethink things. Okay. I bet you there's players that go to agents and they're like, I think I'm worth this. And they're like, are you crazy? Get with me and I'll get you another 1.4 million a year. And they're like, for real? I wonder if too, like I got, like I'm looking at a guy like uh, Drew Doughty who negotiated uh, his own contract. I was just yeah. going to bring him In up. He's ranked, number, he's ranked number 48 on the agent list. Is he really? contract's so big. Yeah, <laughs> he's he number 48? Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. negotiated for himself, he did it for himself, an eight-year, $88 million contract. So he saved himself 10% on that deal as well from the, the agent fee. So Drew Doughty did all right for himself. Is that what they make, 10%, Jay? Uh, I don't think it's 10. I'm sure each agent is a little bit different, too. Is every is the top agents all the top players, or is there somebody who represents a lot of like $5 million people but clean up in volume? There's a, like, Paprasan deals, like, the, the big names, because I think he also leverages like the brand stuff yeah like if you can bring brand deals to the table i'm sure there's way more of a rip on that than there is from just uh your okay. uh hockey so according to sports illustrated the average nhl agent makes somewhere between three and six percent depending on hmm. who it is and the client etc how many um is there in that list jay 50 on puckpedia Oh, it goes all the way down to, I've got to 127. 
Wow. I bet you it's not just about business acumen. Like, remember when Master P represented Ricky Williams and negotiated that horrible deal? Yeah, all performance-based. But Master P is a good businessman. I think a big Yeah, clearly not. (laughs) Well, he just isn't an agent. I think it's it's not general business. I think it's like a specific skill. I don't know that I could get fair value for an NHL player. I think a GM would punk me and get, uh, you know, 700 grand less a year because I wasn't strong enough telling him to go fuck himself like RE Gold. I'd love to know how heated the conversations get. I bet you it's insane. Or are they at a pub having a couple of old fashions discussing some business and some numbers and it's a lot more casual than perhaps we imagined? I think we're the average hockey fan or whatever the four of us are here, like stepping into that world where we'd probably really get bent over is just in our like general knowledge of the CBA. Whereas like a good agent would go to a team and be like, hey, my client wants seven mil. They might come back and be like, listen, that would work this year. But in years three and four, like there's just no way. And the agent might come back and say, you know what? How about we attach this bonus? We move this salary to this year. We put this much of a signing bonus on it then. So my client's guaranteed more money in case of a lockout. Like all of the shit yeah. they can kind of add in by knowing the back channels of the CBA. That's where a good agent probably gets you the most value. We you know, had uh, we had I Cam would... Lewis print off the CBA once upon a time, and it is quite the document. For real? It's yeah, thick. yeah, it is. A, it, it's a thick boy. A couple of C's on there. <laughs> How many pages is it? I know Gregor says he's read it, but I could never sit down and read it. None. What? He has not. There's, I would say it's a phone book. It's, it's hundreds of pages. Gregor has had it in his hands. Gregor's probably read 80 pages of it. Gregor has not read the entire document. All right. If you're ready to guess, I've got the number. How many pages do you think the CBA is? 326. 469. (laughs) I'll say 299. 560. I win. Price is right. There's no way. There's no way. I'm calling shenanigans on Gregor saying he read that. He's not read the entire CBA. I guarantee it. He's read more than you'd think, but he hasn't read the entire thing. That I'll buy. I just remember when Cam brought it into the office. This is when we were still, remember, in that shared space downtown? Oh, yeah. Uh, he brought it into the office, and I remember thumbing through it, and it is painfully dry. Oh, it's, you, well, it's all, it's read. like, it's, no, no, and it's exactly it's not going it. to be a Harlequin novel. Ooh. That would have been nice, though, but there was so, it was very lawyery, I remember. And I would just remember thinking, I was like, I would need a dictionary to read through any of this. One of the things that lawyers do that annoy the shit out of me, there's many, is when they tell you to read your contract as though I'm a lawyer and have A, the attention span, or B, the inclination. Like, no, you read my contract. I know, they always want to pass the buck, but I'm like, like, well, you read it. I'm like, whoa, whoa, fuck, yeah. You're here, so I don't need to know what the fuck is going on. Isn't that the service you provide? Yeah. I was going to say, isn't that what you get paid for, is to read the contract? Well, and if your agent showed up was like, all right, uh, Mr. Everly, I'm going to need you to start by reading the CBA before we can sign your contract with Long Island. I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. no, it's not going to You happen. know what? I, uh, I would misrepresent Max Patriotti. I'm sorry. I got a little too excited there. I was thinking more so along the lines of my fantasy football trade negotiations, but those will not translate to... Uh, well, who knows? Maybe it's to the point now with software where they can just dump in your metrics with all these new stats and salary and give you a very tight range. I know they give a binder of comparable data, right? And when they present that, the agencies don't actually do the work themselves. They have like companies that do it for a package price. And it's like seven grand to put together your contract comparable. Kind of like a realtor does. If that were the case, 
if that's the case and you get like a $400,000 band, you can probably get fair value. Or maybe you walk into an office big dick swinging and you've just got like, you walk in there because you're the sizzle, but then you've also got like your hype man in there that knows the CBA. Do you know what I mean? You go in there like a tag team. Yeah. See, my problem, I would like, I would not negotiate well against like Brian Burke because he'd like yell and I'd be like, oh no, and I'd go and hide under the table, right? Like there's a lot of personality. I bet you they scream at each other all the time. Like, you fucking call me back with that offer, Phil, or I'll come down there and kick your dick over the moon. I bet you it gets really heated when a player is an actual free agent, like a UFA, and he has like, his agent's got to talk to like four GMs and the GM's trying to play everyone off of each other. And the GM goes, well, I've got another team in your division willing to pay me my client five million a year, and you're only paying four. And the GM is probably like, "No, you're fucking not, you piece of shit." I bet you that's what. And there's gets so many heated. trades throughout the year that make sense on paper that GMs would never do because they hate each other and they have beef from five years. ago. Oh, it'd be amazing to know what like some of the ultimate bluff calls have been in contract negotiations. They should That'd make cool shows about this shit and then release it ten years after it is recorded, like oil change. We're all, the, but like later on where all the statute of limitations is worn off where you're not like what's thomas bannock being offered like who cares in 2020 it'd be really cool though to see the psychology behind the negotiation i bet you a guy like Slats has just destroyed agents over the years yeah i yeah, bet I would, Slats I would, would have some good stories like what's mike krushelinski want in the fourth year get out of here and then he smoked a cigar all cool it would be fun, like well, it, what actually happened that year with Ryan Smith at the trade deadline, like all of that. Well, or also the one that I just came to mind. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but this was in the summer of 2008. Simpler times then. The Toronto Maple Leafs signed a 27-year-old Jeff Finger to a four-year, $14 million contract. But after a little bit of digging, it was suspected that they actually picked up the wrong guy. What? They signed the wrong player to a four, uh, four-year contract. What do you mean? Well, word on the street is, and I'm, I'm going through, I'm pulling up a Sportsnet article here. Um, Fletcher, who was the interim GM, if I remember correctly. Cliff Fletcher? That's right. Oh, was no. signing guys, and he was championing Finger's seemingly untapped shutdown ability. However, with a little research, it was more likely that Kurt Sauer was the player that, that Leafs intended to sign. Uh, Finger barely played for the Leafs and ended up finishing in the AHL. So he's sitting there one day on his couch. Maybe he's wearing a bathrobe. Maybe there's a pandemic and you can't see what he's wearing on the podcast. And $16 million unsolicited free agent offer arrives? Yeah, yeah basically, that, that's what this is implying, yes. You're just kind of <laughs> like thinking, I'm going to make $2 million bucks or whatever, and all of a sudden, you know, 60 or 14 racks show up, and you're just like, all right, well, what that'd be a great jersey to get a Jeff a finger, finger jersey, jersey. Team, eh? yeah, absolutely. And you're like, why do you have a finger jersey? You're like, I like what he stands for. Random money coming your way, absolutely. But Law it, of attraction shit right there. If yeah, that is Jeff true, finger Kurt Sauer. Wow, finger sixty nine. That'd be a great jersey. But can you imagine? What was his number? I'm not sure. Probably like four. He was a shutdown D man. Um, like the day before <laughs> free agency, he's talking to his agent, and his agent's like, "Listen, man, I'm going to try get you a two year deal." Gonna try and make it around two million a season. Like it's gonna be tough though, not a huge market. And the next day's agent calls, like, all right, long term deal, huge money, Toronto. Like, what? Tyler, did you Google this? Because he was number four. Oh, really? He was number four for the Leafs. Yeah. So oh, I'm shit. looking at his stats now. He played 
he basically in total in aggregate over 2008 2009 2009 2010 he basically played about a year year and a quarter with the Leafs before finishing off that four-year deal but like how in can the, it be like a clerical error like he sent a contract to the wrong human being well there's that joke too like um it, it just kind of fits perfectly with that joke where everyone would thought when Peter Shirelli traded at or Taylor Hall that he actually thought he was getting Ekman Larson and not Adam Larson. <laughs> Speaking of Ekman Larson, he might be wanting out of Arizona. Yeah. Why so, do you say that? What have I missed? Because I've seen some things. It's been thrown around a little bit. Apparently, Elliot Friedman uh, mentioned it. I'm, I don't think it was in the 31 Thoughts. No, it wasn't a written 31 Thoughts, actually. I should pull that up quickly. Um, but he basically said, keep an eye on Ekman Larson's future in Arizona. Um, it's fascinating from an Oilers perspective, one, because the Coyotes are still in their division for one more year, two, whenever a star player is rumored to be on the move. But also, Ekman Larson has a long history with Dave Tippett. And uh, I don't know, like, if the Oilers were to shake things up, he has a huge contract, $8.25 million. Like, it would take a lot for the Oilers to find a way to afford that. But fuck, that would be a fascinating trade. Fascinating. Indeed. Fascinating. Ekman is legit. He would definitely add a different layer to the Oilers' back end that they just don't have. Well, he would be your, your he would be your number. He would finally be your number one defenseman. There's another trade target on Arizona that I really like, and it's between the pipes. Anti Ranta, I think, is oh, uh, I'd or, take a run at him too. Original Puzar was like, the one. Actually, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm, I would both both wow. on the team, and if I happen to run into him at a bar. Um, you know what? You know I love my Finns. Well, I suppose. When it comes to like, there's two players I really like, and if if this if 2020 has taught us anything, as uh, the folks on Big Brother would say, expect the unexpected. But maybe there's some huge deal to be made between Edmonton and Arizona. I think Arizona wouldn't mind. Like Chris Russell is the guy who I could see going there, just because he has a small salary but a high cap hit, and Arizona always likes saving money. They have the three goalies, so they could potentially be moving one. If Ekman Larson's legitimately, you know, or potentially on the move here, I wonder what a big package would look like to get both Ranta and Ekman Larson. What's Ranta's salary? Four point two five is the cap hit. So we're taking on twelve schmillies. So you would Russ, Russell has to be included. So then you're down. James Neal would have to be included. Who? James or they Neal? would want they would want like Nuge or something. Never. And what if it was Nurse? So if you traded Nurse, if you traded Nurse and Russell. For in that package is the big salary pieces that gets you up to nine point six already of the twelve and a half million. So that you're really only adding three mil. Maybe you throw in like an Athanasi with that point just to get the deal done, and you probably have to add in like a your first round pick next year too. And probably who do we get back in this scenario? And you probably have to throw in a first in there. Probably I would say a high end prospect or another high pick just like get the value back to us. Ekman Larson Ranta and Ranta. Is old, isn't he? He's 30. Ranta's 30. Okay. That works. Yeah, no, for goal in goalie years, that's okay. So Nurse, Russell, Athanasiu, and two first rounders. Oh, no, what? Would two you, first would, rounders? Would you no, do you it? Can't, no, that's too much. I, I'm I, a very good agent. I once got Max Petrietti top value. I would never <laughs> take that deal. I I don't think if that's enough if, if to get Ekman Larson. <laughs> If you're doing two first rounders, they got to be taking on. Well, they're a cap team too, so they can't just be taking on a ton of, ton of salary. Two first rounders. The salaries would almost wash when you consider 
And Arizona, for them, they'd be getting less money because of the Russell thing. But you'd be getting Athanasiu, Nurse, and Russell, which pretty much equals Ranta and Ekman Larson. And value-wise, I, I still don't think that's even close. So the first-round picks are because you're getting Ekman Larson. Uh, but you're giving them Nurse in this situation, right? But you're getting Ekman Larson. <laughs> yeah, I know. So and you're getting the contract Nurse. I don't know if my value is way off. Like for the people listening, I am coming. I did not think about this before I started talking. So I just kind of threw that together as like a rough ballpark of what I think it might be. I, I think I, I love think, everybody on the Oilers D. The only guys I wouldn't even consider trading would be uh, Bear and Broberg. And Clark everybody Clark. else. Uh, I, was, I would listen to offers. Really? No, his, his, no, no. Paying, paying that guy four million bucks like that. Oh, that's true. How many more years? Three? Oh, never mind. He's off yeah, the table. Like, that's the only thing Shirelli ever did good for us was was signing yeah. deal. Well, no, and the Connor contract and the Leon contract. Yeah, those were great. Oh. Those were good contracts. Shirelli signed some good deals. Are you kidding me? Connor dictated the terms of his contract. Shirelli had no fucking. Uh, no, I give I'm credit. Gonna... I give credit to Shirelli and, and... for not playing hardball and like trying to get him lower. I, like Shirelli didn't fuck that up, and he deserves credit for it. Because if that was a five-year deal for but McDavid, he'd be bet, shit. yeah. If, if it was a five-year deal, he fucked it up. He got maximum term. No. He gets high. Connor Connor is from the Sidney Crosby dojo, and oh, yeah. and and it's about his legacy. So he would have said, "KP, I will not take max, and I will do eight years, but it has to be for a hundred million dollars, so I could be that guy." And Pete's just like, thank God, Connor. And then Leon, in hindsight, at the time, everyone was pissed off that, they, that he signed up for eight and a half. So in hindsight. Well, nobody really knew good. that Leon is Leon. Peter did. Uh, yeah, I would, I, would, I would also argue that Leon was not Leon yet. He was not. Yeah. So anyways. Um, yeah, two first rounders. I don't know. Uh, that's too, too, too much. But you're getting One. a goalie and a top pairing defenseman, and a goalie who has like a nine twenty some save percentage over the last couple of seasons. But he's yeah. not their number one goalie. He was for he's a 31. stretch. He just he... kept getting hurt. Yeah, and he's injury prone. Blech. How about this for a question? If you could bring back two, not including any '80s Oilers, modern day only, like currently could... playing, like no, like modern day, so 1996 to present. If you could bring back two former Oilers to slot into this lineup, or just any of them, who would you bring back as a goalie? Uh, Curtis Joseph. Yeah. Amen. Or possibly Bill Ranford, but he was yeah. Or Dwayne Rolison. Yeah, but Roley... Ah, Roley, well, Roley yeah. wasn't that hot in the Reggie. Yeah. I like Ro- Cujo pick, personally. Well, Cujo's number one. The two players, What about sure. a D-man? Who would you bring back from... Oh. No, no pronger, obviously. Oh. Roman Hammerlick. Really? Oh! What about what about a young Eric Brewer? I would. Yeah. He loved yeah. ripping his wrist shots from the point, didn't he? What uh, about I would go Pete Tom Pody hockey? No. Oh, really? You don't like Tom Pody? And then we got to worry about the allergies again. Yeah. What's the story behind that? I've never gotten the full story of the Tom Pody allergy thing. Tom Pody had allergies. He's allergic to everything. Yeah, he's yeah, basically like, allergic to everything. And really? like, long story short, he had to have a very, very specific diet. Yeah, like chicken, like white rice. But now everybody it, just eats like that. At the time, they're like, "Ha ha, Tom Pody can't have a fucking shit." Like Tom, with this is cigarette. this right now is Tom Pody's time to shine. They're living in a bubble. Yeah, he, he would have just been killing it. <laughs> he's begging. I think I would also. Who would I would your- also be having fun in the bubble. I think it just reminds me of an extended Hinton Edson minor league <laughs> hockey trip. It does. 
Imagine Pete Smitty playing on Connor's line. You know what? Smitty would park himself in front of the net, and yep. Connor would be able to bank shots in off uh, his face. I'd want, yep. like the no, I'd want, I'd want Bill Guerin on Connor's line. Oh, oh power oh. forward. I like that. I'd go Dougie yeah. Wade, I think. Oh, I love Dougie Wade. Can you imagine Dougie Wade on a third line for the for this Oilers team? Like, come on. Oh, Doug Wade. Doug Wade would be on our second line. We would move dry side a lot, and it would be like the Doug Wade Yamamoto. Imagine you could do a line with Taylor Hall and Jason Arnott on the same line. What kind of line? <laughs> do I have to edit? Imagine that? they both had Corvettes and mullets, and they were in a show together with their detectives. Now, are people buying into this freaking Oilers should sign Hall? Uh, man, there are Hall fans who will say, and like, there, you cannot look at this Oilers team and be like, you know what Edmonton needs more than a third-line center, a better defenseman, and a starting goaltender? They need another expensive winger. Like, I, how can you jump to that conclusion? If you can find the money to sign $7 million in free agency, you do not go sign an expensive winger. You either go get an expensive goalie if that's the jump you want to take, or you go get a third-line center and a decent goalie, and that's how you spend your free agency money. You don't blow it on a winger who's not going to fix this team's issues. Their issues I aren't he, getting scoring out of the top six. That's not the problem here. I think he goes to Calgary personally, and then we're yeah. going to have to check in on Travis Dakin to make sure that he's okay. It's going to be Bloody Hall and Chucky versus Connor and Leon. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of rumors in Calgary and Taylor Hall, uh, I got a buddy who's a Habs fan. He loves sending me trade rumors. He sent me this one. He goes, Johnny Goudreau to Montreal for Domi, Ryan Poling, and a first-round pick. And apparently Max Domi's now removed the Montreal from all his social media bios. Um, oh, nice. oh, I love what? that. I, I love that when players do that. It's such a funny thing, but I also love even more. His agent's so, probably telling him to do that. Absolutely. Is he, I, contra- is he a free agent? RFA. He's an RFA. Um, I love that people notice that shit, though. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. How often are you checking Always. Max Domi's Twitter bio? Like, I will look at who people like players that I enjoy stalking. I will let look at who they follow. I'm like, interesting, interesting. I should follow that as well. Call, Connor follows some interesting people. He follows members of Drake's OVO entourage that you'd only follow if you'd met them, which Fucking makes right. me wonder if Connor and Drake have hung out. The answer is probably in my head. Well, I would course. guess yes. Game respect, the photo game. never hit the internet, which I respect so much. No, there was no cameras allowed probably at that event. Because Connor's such a G about it, and Drake doesn't even make a photo with him. Yep. I, I probably, bet you. Oh, you know what I bet he had? I bet Drake had him over to the crib. I bet you. That giant place he's got out in Toronto, that's where Connor met him. They were you hanging know what's out interesting in that shit. breakdown of Connor's house in Avenue Magazine? Has anybody seen that? Yep. yep. I've seen it, yeah. It's interesting how Lauren's like, oh, Connor doesn't like having hockey stuff up. Because, like, I wonder if the Sidney Crosby archetype doesn't like having mementos around because they, like, look at the photo of themselves scoring the goal and get stressed out about where their feet were on the play. Like, No, I think it's a thing where when you're at home, you almost want to have that as an escape, right? Where like you. But some guys, their houses are a shrine to themselves. If you look at, like, guys even on Zoom and whatnot in their offices, their jerseys and all their memorabilia and shit. And then there's guys like Connor that don't want any of it. The second question I wonder is, if Connor doesn't have it up in his house, where is all his shit? You not you don't I I think up in the house might be one thing, but I you don't think Connor McDavid has like a little room or like an office that has like a yeah, little it's area? Yeah, New Market, Ontario. It's in yeah, I was gonna say house. I bet it's all in his parents' house. house. Yeah. yeah, I can see that in the basement of his parents' house, guaranteed. <laughs> That's funny though, because it means he's not an egomaniac, right? Like Drake's house has giant photos of Drake, <laughs> right? Drake also That's has great. a sweet fucking. Uh, 
memorabilia room in his place, right? He has that hallway where it's all the jerseys yeah. like athletes have given him. That's so sick. Gangster. And then a full fucking basketball court. And he has like 20 NBAers over to play basketball. He just sits there watching. Can you imagine that being your life? I'm looking at this Avenue uh, expose, if you will, on Connor's place. Hell of a wine cellar he's got here. Oh, yeah. I uh, I posted oh, that guy. I posted that TikTok that was up of like the outside of McDavid's house and all of that and the inside and the pictures on the magazine and I had people getting so pissed at me. Why for they revealing were, where he lived? They were like, "His address is there. You really think he wants that?" Like blah 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 blah. And I'm like, "Hey, first of all, if you really wanted to figure out where in Edmonton Connor McDavid lived because you're that much of a stalker, you well, could find yes it out." Well, yes and no, right? At the same time, don't promote anything that has his address in it. Yes, you could figure it out, but the average fuck. Have you ever heard the story of Pop Smoke, the rapper? No. The late so Pop Smoke, was, right? He's dead. He, yeah, he was Instagram living himself getting shoes that he ordered. And in the video, they could freeze frame and see his address, and they went to his house and robbed him. Damn. Now, you don't want that shit in Edmonton. It's a lot less dangerous, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, I wouldn't do anything promoting any sort of security breach for Connor. I it think was, what you're saying, you're suggesting, Wanye, is that we post up in front of Connor's house like some kind of militia to make sure that nothing ever happens. I'm no, sure man, I have a motorized it. fleet of drones I can weaponize in an instant. If you make a move on Connor's residence, you'll be liquefied. What about the horse force? Horse force oh. is definitely in play here. Imagine that, eh? You run for office for mayor and promise as part of your campaign you'd keep horse force around Connor's house 24 hours a day. Yeah. I think that would get you some votes. It'd get you uh, some media attention for sure. Keep Connor safe. Everybody yeah. else is running on like an actual platform. Can you yeah. imagine you ran for mayor and your whole platform is just Oilers related shit? <laughs> yeah. I would force them to get a better goalie as the mayor. I yeah. would I would organize Executive many outdoor order. watch parties, like all that shit. Veto trade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Protecting the people. You would make that would be uh, funny if they're like, "Oh man, if the mayor of Edmonton doesn't stop interfering with the Oilers again." No, no, no. This 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 mayor is doing a great job. Yeah. Mayor Oilers mayor refuses to allow Blackhawks jet in airspace. I'm yeah. thinking he from a perspective. Right here. I'm thinking of the perspective of like, you know, you make it so like the season opener is like a civ- city holiday, and like people don't have to work. Yeah, you do stuff like Con's that. Birthday. Also the opposite hotel. Uh, you make like the city would have a flag, right? There's city flags. I'd make the city flag just orange and blue. Many, many things you can do. How did we get on this topic? What do you uh, horse about? force? We went horse force. We went McDavid's house. We went people getting mad at me on Twitter. We talked. We were talking about Drake. Who people? You should follow. probably talk about Jappa. We were talking about free agents, I believe. Ah, uh, yeah, we were talking about trade rumors. I think Johnny Goudreau's played his last game in Calgary. Oh, yeah. he's He has done it twice, the Magic Man. He has disappeared in the playoffs two years in a row. I think they're going to get hosed on the trade, too, and it's going to make me happy. What about Jappa? Yeah, Jappa never gets hosed on a trade, and they've got excellent pens. And you never get hosed when you go to Jappa because they are local, they're proud to be local, and they're proud to help local companies. So you're always getting a fair deal. You're always getting excellent service. You're always getting... An excellent product as well. Follow them online, Jappa Machinery on Instagram and Twitter. We usually tag them in our post too. So if you're listening to this and you don't follow the Real Life Podcast, you should probably probably be following the Real Life Podcast. Today I posted pictures of two, a picture of two flies having sex that Wanya took. Follow us. Yeah, thanks. Everybody. Now our account's going to get suspended, you heathen. Yeah, Why? you not, can't show nature? Yeah. Not safe for work, man. 
Yeah. At Nation Real Life on Twitter, and we are at Nation Real Life on Instagram as well. <laughs> we get we get suspended for being a fan page. Now you think you can push the envelope with flies having sex? You should Listen. have captured those flies and made them an OnlyFans account. Oh my word! <laughs> OnlyFans is changing the game. It really. And is. I don't mean from a pervert perspective. I mean well, from an too. economy from an economy perspective. It is very strange. Now, like, mainstream people are going on to OnlyFans and not doing nudity and just giving their fans behind-the-scenes access on their life for really? 20 bucks a month. And people, no nudes. And oh. people are like, yep, 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 yep. I thought it was oh, only yeah. a porn thing. Nope. It's expanding. If you want it's changing to be. the game, bro. We apologize to that one guy. A month? Would you pay $20 a month to see professionally shot behind-the-scenes footage of Connor McDavid? I would. I would. I wouldn't. I bet he's boring. No, if not if you had no. a guy making the content. No, no, no. no I Josh think... Park. Shut up. Hey, don't say hey, that. Yeah, We're no, not losing Josh Park. No, he's ours. Don't, don't give any ideas. Josh, I hope you're not listening. <laughs> Josh Park, you do not want to work for Connor McDavid's OnlyFans. You work with us. Yeah, our OnlyFans. What? Take your M. Chuck. Just kidding, your M. Chuck. McDavid would be like, wow, why do you hate me so much? Because I'd just be... I'd be like, I don't him. hate him. He hates us. Between <laughs> you and Josh Park. Fuck, we are like an NHL team. We have the two number ones. I bet you McDavid, it, like I said, publicly, he just kind of puts up his shield, but I guarantee you he's a beauty. You just got to really... There are many layers to get through to get to that. Oh, but it's Here's what I think. I think that Connor McDavid is 1,000% a beauty. However... He is so in tune with what's going on that if there's a camera in the room, he ain't the Connor McDavid I want to party with. No, it's got to be, yeah, it's got to be at Drake's house. That's or Roman, like, Roman or Abramovich's yacht because he's got like this weird flash technology on it where you cannot take photos on the deck of the, of the boat and you can't take photos of the boat from further away because shit flashes when a camera tries to go off and it ruins all the photos. Cool. That's fuck you money at its finest. That's cool Imagine shit, that. man. Sign Imagine it. that. You're sitting there in your office signing all your checks, Jade. You're like, what's this bill for? And they're like, you're anti-paparazzi shit on your yacht? Pay yeah. it with the petty cash. You yell in a Russian accent while you <laughs> oh, own the Chelsea cool. football club. Speaking of Russian accents, but more so speaking of accents, this week's uh, Oodle Little Charity Partner is bilingual, so I spoke French. No way! So we'll see how it comes off. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, it's been a it's been a minute. I'll tell you that. Can much. you can you tell us a little bit more about that Oodle Noodle partnership for the week? Uh, yeah, we are partnered up with La Connexion. Uh, I'm sorry, La Connexion Now, uh, which is a Afro Latina kind of community movement that does things from well community engagement events. Uh, they host a, uh, a market, they do a bunch of stuff in the community. Ivan Tuco is the guy that, uh, we, uh, did the video with who is a crazy, uh, talented, uh, young emerging leader in our community. So Una Little's partnered up with them. Um, we shot a video on Friday that should be launching, uh, any minute now. Uh, is this your dancing out. movie? I, yeah, so Ivan also, so Ivan also is part of his community engagement stuff that he does. He hosts these like dancing workout classes, mm-hmm. uh, at like the ledge ground. So like a hundred people will show up and, uh, so like Soka dance. And, uh, so he 
I had to, as part of this video, he told me I had to dance with him. So uh, I'll look horrific trying to speak French, but I tried. And um, I'm a very big, I'm an advanced, I'm, I'm an advanced beginner dancer. I'm very good at beginner <laughs> moves. And so you're going to, you're going to see this. You're going to see that I'm a horrific because this is more of an advanced dance. Now, as three fifths of the Oodle Noodle marketing team is on this podcast, <laughs> the meme division, me and Bagman, want to know if we're allowed to meme stuff yes. like you riding on the horse. Of course. Because we Noted. thought it looked like when Putin was riding a horse shirtless. Yeah, if you pop that tarp off, you're pooped up there. And if well, you're going to be dancing, you're kind of like Boris Yeltsin when he's dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just wondering if it's okay to make like Soviet oodle noodle memes that are still about deep fried wontons, or if you'd be like touchy to it. Oh, I'm, I'm, it's all about having fun. If you meme yourself, you are legendary. Drake makes <laughs> it knowing he'll be memed. Yeah, le- legendary is, is right. Yes, <laughs> I like it. Uh, I think it's funny if you superimpose the tarpless me. Oh yeah, like uh, who else has been memed riding a horse next to Putin for a noodle restaurant? Yeah, nobody's doing that. It's an interesting angle, but it might work. Can I? It's like the seventh layer of Inception. You're like eight degree self-referencing. We were on a roll there um, with our usual (laughs) real life nonsense, but I need to play my role here. And I need to. That was uh, an oodle noodle ad, your Amtrak, what we were just doing. I know, I'm fully aware of that. I'm saying, like, in general, uh, the first, like, 35 minutes of this podcast, we've bounced oh, around yeah. to a lot of areas. We talked about Horse Force mm-hmm. again. Uh, but as we do on Mondays. Fucking we, Horse Force. Oh, yeah. We need to bring in our friend uh, Scott Hastings. So I think I'm going to do oh, that. Oh, yeah. We got to talk. Uh, we got to talk some betting. And we were supposed to uh, do that a few minutes ago, but uh, we pushed it a little because I liked the way the nonsense was going. And I texted Horse Force. All right. Well, I'm going to drop off because I don't gamble. All right. I texted Scott Hastings. I said, hey, man, can we push this a little bit? And he said, that's all good because I'm watching the overhit in the Bucks versus Magic game that's going on right now. And I said, oh, my Lord, I'm out of here. <laughs> I said, that's great because I'm also watching the Bucks and Magic game right now on my screen. And I had Bucks minus 10 and a half points. So my Bucks bet hit. Scott Hastings bet yeah. hit as well. We bring him in now. Scott, had a good afternoon, I see. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. And yeah, a little sweat there at the end, but... Kyle Korver ices the over with 30 seconds to go. It's a good start. I love betting on basketball. I'm like, in hockey, I'm a bit of a D-gen, but I'm a D-gen and like, you know, I pick my winners, I do my shot props and all that. Basketball, I cannot watch a basketball game without betting on the quarter. Half the time, I won't even do research. I'll just be like, man, I want to watch this game. I need something to cheer for. Over 54 and a half points in this quarter. And then I love it. My coworker Joe Glant, is big on the uh, first of 20 points. Ah. And he's been just taking the underdog every single time. And I think he went four for four at one point last week. Just take the underdog. Oh, they're plus 170. Sure, they can get to 20. Why not? And then it hits. I'm like, hell yeah, go for it. We're going to get into hockey in a second here, but now we're on the roll of basketball. <laughs> I saw a thing. It was last year, the year before that, about a guy who he basically was finding the best times to bet on NBA teams. Because when the when the line is live and you can live bet, there's usually a point where the underdog will go on a big run. And if you find a way to read some teams where the underdog goes on a big run and you go, okay, well, it's because, you know, Giannis hasn't been in the game for 15 minutes and they're probably going to put him back in. It's actually a sport where you can find some edges pretty quickly and quite often. Yeah, and I find that you'll see it a lot around commercial break, especially in college. College, you'll see them go on the run for like the 20-minute mark to the six-minute mark, 14-minute mark. Then there'll be a commercial break. 
then you'll see a bit of a shift. But the reason they'll do that is because like a lot of times that's when people are betting is on the commercial break. Oh shit, you know, Duke just went on a run. I'm going to go on Texas Tech out, tighten this back up or whatever, or I'm going to continue hammering Duke. And then it flips the other way. So it's, it's very interesting that you will see those runs. And I find it happens a lot with commercial breaks. Yeah, it's interesting, the timing on that. Uh, second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs is getting going now. I want to touch a little bit on all the series, but the one that's getting a lot of talk today, at least, was Vancouver versus Vegas. Vegas kind of blows them out of the water there in game one. Do you expect that to kind of continue through the rest of the series? To me, it looked like men against boys for a lot of that hockey game. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think Vancouver, although I took them over the Blues and they got me that big win, uh, I think they're hitting the wall. I think they're hitting where they were. I think they were a good team. They're a young team. This is just sort of where they are. And, uh, you know, Vegas. Vegas is rolling. I, I don't get it. They're, they just keep doing it every year that they're just they're competitive. They're a scrappy team. You know, they got some heavy hitters there with Ryan Reeves and the like. And they're just a well-put-together team. They like playing with each other, it seems. And, geez, they're tough. They belittled the Canucks last night. Big time. That's going to be tough to recover from. Like, I'm trying to uh, – I didn't touch that series because I just didn't know what – you know, if, if, if destiny was, was on the side of the Canucks. But I oh, – Vegas, it just – I should have I should have put some money on them for the cup here is what I should have done. Well, right now, Scott, Vegas is like massive favorites for the cup, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They're uh, plus 245, which is not worth wagering at this point. You know, two and a half to one. For a Stanley Cup win, it's, it's so hard to win the 16 games. So I, I guess at this point it's seven for them. But uh, is that is that math right? No, that's, no, eleven that's more. Wrong. They need eleven more. Wins. There, that's yeah. that's yeah. Right. you know math is hard here. Uh, we just want over 200. We want over 225 points in the Bucks game. That's all we want for the over. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, two and a half to one at this point is just it's not worth my time. I think there's better value out there. You know, Tampa Bay dropping down to eight to one now after dropping game one. That's definitely an in-game play. Um, you know, Gallus, six and a half to one after Colorado lost uh, Grubauer. He's, and he's not suiting up for game two. So that's that's an interesting one as well. Dallas is also three and a half to one to win the Western Conference, which might be interesting mm-hmm. as well. If they can get past Colorado, I, I know Vegas is going to be difficult, but if they get a little momentum off their win against Colorado, that's a team that, I, I I actually really like I, I I love Colorado and but without Grubauer without Eric Johnson as well Dallas becomes pretty interesting here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dallas Vegas that's a fun series, isn't it? That's a real that's going to feel like a throwback sort of series where mm-hmm. you're not going to have a lot of run and gun. It's going to be gritty. It's going to be fun. You know, adding in Pavelski and players like that, it's just it's filthy. It's get, Dallas. They were just one of those teams that it, this year they sort of felt like they were just flying under the radar, just doing their own thing. And you saw them in the playoff picture, and you're like, oh, yeah, that sort of makes sense. Sort of. Wait, what? Wait, how is <laughs> Dallas doing this well? And here they are. They, It would not surprise me to win the Western Conference. Well, they I figured out how to score. Yeah. And now yeah. they, even though they had all the firepower to do so, but now it's clicking. Yeah. They've got all the pieces. Yeah, and Kadobin looks really good, too. Which is, yeah, well, that's the story. Uh, looking at uh, the playoffs here kind of as a whole and the teams that are left these eight teams that are left has there been any sort of consistency with one team when it comes to the over under or maybe some first period performances like have there been any trends that have sort of continued 
to sustain themselves here throughout the playoffs. Yeah, I've got, I dug two up for you that I think you'll like. Uh, first one's going to be the Islanders and the under in the first period. So there has been a goal scored in seven of their nine games, but only two of those were multi-goal first periods. So so the under is seven and nine, or seven and two, sorry, seven of nine uh, in the first period for the Islanders game, which shouldn't come so much of a surprise as the Islanders. Um, but that's coming in out of both, you know, minus 110, minus 105. If you're, if you're betting the first period under because it's that goal and a half, you could also buy that math. The, um, you could go with the Islanders one nothing after the first period and it's both plus 350. Uh, in many of these games, they've, they've scored in five of nine first period, uh, games. And then, like I say, only two of the nine had multi goals. So that's an interesting one. Uh, in Vancouver, our favorite Canucks here. This is, I love this one. Second period, there's been at least one goal scored in all 11 of their games. Nine of those had two or more goals. So over nine and two uh, for Vancouver in the second period. Not necessarily for Vancouver, but in Vancouver games. So that line's probably going to be a goal and a half, and you just take the over. It's going to be minus 110, minus 120. Uh, even Vegas, they scored three goals in the second period there in game one. So um, yeah, so the over in the Veg- in Vancouver second period and the under in the Islanders first period. Interesting. It's a lot of numbers, sorry. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Dang, Mel, are you listening? That's, this is your type of world. Yeah, yeah. No, S- Scott, I'm the rookie better on the podcast. Perfect. Slash most For- avid better now. Yo, I'm I'm going full D-Gen. I'm, I'm yeah, like, cool. I'm all over the place. But like for a rookie better like myself, what do you see as like kind of like the entry points for somebody who's just getting into some hockey betting, whether that's, you know, period goals or what are we looking at? Yeah, I think if you're starting out, money line is just your easiest. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? Um, that's just a good starting off point. You know, I have a few friends that are new into betting as well. And then I strongly recommend doing research. You know, I get betting with your heart sometimes. I do that. And sometimes you will just, you just have a gut feeling. But looking at numbers and stuff always can give you a little bit of an edge. You know, I, I build a couple of algorithms. Uh, like I do a lot of average line and where the line is for that game. So, for example, let's say Toronto is minus 160 on average at home, but they're coming in at minus 145. Well, that means they're a 14 point or a 15 point edge uh, that they're undervalued by. So I sort of work on where should they be valued and 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 uh, where are they valued for the game. And a lot of times you'll see that where a line just doesn't look right. I, I don't. You'll get there. Like some, there was a prime example. I believe it was in in November. I believe the Oilers were on a, a great winning streak. They were going into LA against the Kings who had lost three or four straight, and yet they were only like minus 120 to win. That line seems fishy. Either stay away from it or take the underdog because there's something going on there. And sure enough, I believe LA won that game like two to one. Oilers fans know that when they're on a winning streak and they play a bad team, more often yeah. than not, they find a way to lose that hockey game. Yeah. yeah. We, we break will- streaks, both good and bad. Yeah. We see the line where, you know, Edmonton play in LA. The line for Edmonton should be minus one eight, guaranteed. So if you see certain certain that's like minus one thirty or something, it just doesn't look right. Personally, I usually see that and I just stay away because I'm like, it just there's something going on there. Maybe maybe the books know that is there an injury? Was there a little bit of a flu bug? Were they out partying the night before? 
these things are real and and oftentimes books will read you interesting hmm. interesting i got one more for hmm. you here i don't know if either of the other guys do but i'll throw mine out there one of the debates that came up as vancouver was suddenly the only canadian team left in the playoffs was you have a handful of people who love to send out the vancouver is now canada's team you have another handful yeah. of people who love to do the whole no, they're not. Canadian teams, fans of Canadian teams don't want to cheer for the other ones. Stop with that nonsense. Where do you come out on that? Is Vancouver now Canada's team? Should we all be behind them? Or are you, because you're a Leafs fan, or are you like, man, no. If it's not the Leafs, I don't want to see anyone win. Yeah, you know, there's a bit of the, I'd love to see the Cup come north. Um, but it's sort of baloney to a certain extent, because I believe the Blues last year had something like 12 or 13 Canadians on the team. Yeah. Whereas you, some of the Canadian teams have more uh, Euros or Americans. So the Cup is actually here more often on certain American teams. So in that case, it doesn't really it, – I'm more of – I want to see the best team win, sort of. I want to see a good story maybe. You know, I look back at was it 2012 with uh, the Kings in New Jersey. They were the two eight seeds battling in the Stanley Cup Finals when the Kings made that huge run when they got uh, – you know, I'm blanking on the coach. Sutter, Daryl Sutter came in. They went from dead last to winning the cup. So, you know, that's a great story. I'll cheer for that all day. You know, if if Vancouver won it all, cool. It's the first Canadian team in, what's that, 17 years? 93? Oh, been a while. That's 27, 27. years. Yeah, 27 oh, years. 27. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, so it would be good to see, but no, I don't really care. All right, Scott, this was, uh, this was an education as always. Appreciate your time. Thanks, man. There you go. Keep it up, guys. There you go. Thanks, Scott. Scott Hastings from Odd Shark joining us on the Real Life Podcast. Odds Shark, that's odds, and then another S for shark. Uh, it's your sports information site. Scott mentioned, you know, make sure you're doing your research when you're getting into betting. Odd Shark is the best place to do that. Compare lines, get game notes, get stats. It's all done in a nice layout as well. Check them out, oddshark.com. Are either of you, like Zach Lang put out a thing saying he's now cheering for the Vancouver Canucks. I'm not. The thing that bothers me about the Canucks is they're fun to watch. Yeah. That, yeah, that, annoys, that, that annoys me. They weren't it, last night, but yes. That, that annoys me. So, no, I'm not cheering for the Canucks. I'm not cheering for anybody. You know what's nice? And Rick said this, actually, Tyler, on Oilers Nation Radio on Friday. It's just kind of nice to watch hockey because I enjoy the sport as opposed to necessarily cheering for yeah. anybody outside of my bets, of course. Yeah. So I had a long run of bets yesterday, and I did pretty well for myself. Did you? What kind of bets were you making? Like, on what what type of bets? Uh, the only thing I lost yesterday is I had Brock Besser at two over two and a half shots, and he did not hit it. But like, I bet on Kucherov getting over two and a half. He hit eight. I bet on uh, what? Let me see here. I bet on the Bruins. Whenever that was, I bet on Vegas last night. So I I did all right for myself. The shot cool. props are Bruins still my look, favorite. Shot Bruins props are fun. good. I do like shop props too because it's like it's you're cheering either for something or against something, and I'm also like I like the live bet goal totals as well. If you can get a feel on a game, like yeah, you can live bet the goal totals pretty. I did that in the uh, Colorado Dallas game one. As soon as I saw Grubauer go down, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a little on some goals being scored here, and it hit. Yeah, so I had I had the under in that one at like eight and a half or whatever, and then just the fucking wheels fell off and it's just it's funny you know i mean you can watch the train fall off the track sometimes depending (laughs) on how your back goes 
Uh, oh. I gotta, I, I gotta get deeper. I'm, I'm just like a puck line, money line guy, and I'll do the over under. I gotta get a little bit deeper on that type. Of well, stuff, uh, listen to Scott well, there. Take those, take well, those first period advice. Well, that's yeah. what was interesting too. Like just to hear Scott say, like for the beginners like myself, the money line's kind of where it's at. Where it's, I've seemingly lapped money line and just gone all kinds of props that I find interesting. I, I like, I love, I love player props shot props like i've got Sagan to get over two and a half shots again today i love that shit it's fun you have Sagan today what do i have i went on a run last week when there were still uh like three four games a day we're over a three-day span i was something like 12 and four like i was hitting those shot props at a just ridiculous rate and basically all you do is go look at their game logs and you can see like if a guy is plus 120 to get over two and a half shots and you look and he's done it in seven out of eight games so far these playoffs like, that's a lock. Like, you make that bet every day because they're giving you plus 120 on that, and he does it more than 50% of the time. Uh, but well, today, that's, what I was, that's like I was telling you before we started recording. I was I was bummed that the Blues got knocked out because Perron was always, like, minus 110 or something at over yeah. two and a half shots, and he hit it for me every single night. And especially guys wow. that play on Bang the power plays You're so well. deep into this. I love it. If you well, get, I've been watching kids. I've been, you know, I've been doing a lot of social for around the network, so I'm watching games that maybe I necessarily wouldn't watch normally i guess and it's just added a layer of fun for me and the player shots are just uh, like tyler said i love the player shots i got matt barzell today uh plus 135 to get over two and a half shots like he's a guy he plays on the power play as well right so if they go on a run of getting like three power plays in this game you're asking him to get a couple shots there one at even strength and bang your bet hits and it's a good odds too at plus 135 um i also had miro haskinen's one he's been doing over two and a half shots in pretty much every game he's and played in. Sleep. Yeah, like I'm uh, I'm pulling up his game log right now, but the odds on it were minus 118, so pretty good, like pretty close to even money. And his last five games, he's done it in three out of five of them. Like he died. Gee, he, it's just fun. Like it, even like the you ones look he at missed, that too, but two. It, it's funny though because like you you look at games that pass, and you're like, okay, this guy generally fires a lot of pucks. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm gonna take the over at two and a half or whatever, and then just. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. Like I, I, there was the last game against Calgary where they won Dallas against Calgary. It was like four two Calgary or something like that. I had bet on Sagan to hit over two and a half shots again, and he did it. But he hit like four posts. It was just kind of one of those like ah oh, shit with a little luck I would have made some money, but otherwise you know that's how the that's how the cookie crumbles every now and then. Yeah, I'm looking at my sports book. There's an interesting prop bet that pays out all the money in the world. Uh, if Nazem Kadri and Jonas Domskoy both score three or more goals, <laughs> it will pay 251 to one. How did they pick that combination of players? <laughs> like, what is Jonas Donskoy doing there? He, <laughs> and that's one thing. Like, I haven't got into the parlays or anything yet. Like, I can see myself really falling off the rails when I get into those. Oh, when you can like, it's like a Saturday, and you want to build up like a 12 bet parlay that pays like five dollars into like eight k. Yeah. That's where I'm at. The one thing, I can see it coming. I can see it coming down the horizon. I've I've really been enjoying actually uh, just parlaying the overs in the hockey games, just over over, and it's usually like you know three four to one. Gives you something to cheer for. Um, okay, yeah, we're getting towards the end of the podcast here, but uh, as we do, previously on Big Brother, the Nicole Janelle beef is hilarious to me. Yeah, I loved it too. It was, it was uh, hysterical. I was surprised Nicole actually like said what she said because normally she's pretty quiet when it comes to stuff like that and doesn't like drama. <laughs> and then, 
And then Janelle was like, ooh, I like confrontation. And then I don't know if what she did was necessarily confrontation. She just kind of like spewed a couple words and walked away. Um, she so threw a grenade was, in the room. She kind of threw a grenade in the room a little bit. Ish, right? Yeah, like it was kind of weird. But I'm just upset because my boy Kaser is he's in trouble. Yeah, he's in trouble. But I was, you know, I was he went, a little, I was a little bit surprised to be honest that Tyler took that big of a swing. Uh, I'm not because the whole house is thinking it, right? The whole house is afraid. So I guess this is where I, I never saw those Janelle series and stuff. So like, I hope this, I hope this season, that this this week's got some fireworks to it, uh, and one of them can get themselves off the block, and then someone else can go on, and somehow they can sway and send that person home. Like that's what I'm kind of hoping for. So I'm just worried about my boy Kaser. I like the real chat he had with Tyler. I think a lot of respect was gained there. So hopefully that uh, that goes a long way. But scary week for my boy. I actually think that Kaser's relationship with Janelle, and obviously they've got like a uh, you know like a a bestie vibe going on from their time yeah. together in previous seasons. I actually think that's hurting him right now. It is, well, of course. I, I think that he should try to look because I love Kaser too, Jay. We were gonna we were gonna put a a Windicate bet on Kaser. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he needs to put some distance there. Uh, unfortunately, he does. But but he should have been. Wor- <sighs> yeah, like they should have mobilized a lot faster. They they kind of sat back. They should have qu- they should have created their own alliance yeah. uh, to combat the other other half of the house. But you know, a lot of the. Davon now is, is, is causing some uh, is, is raising some alarm bells with with the alliance. So maybe if like if Kaser and Janelle can pick up on that and try to like add fire or, or yeah add some more gas to that fire uh, and maybe make Devon seem like a risk. I don't know. It's gonna be an interesting week. I just I just hope it's something. I hope, I hope like I said I hope one of wins Tito and there there's at least some like action. And it's not just going to be like this whole hum week where a big swing was took and it just kind of just went as planned. And now we're on to the next week. Yeah, yeah that I veto comp's going to be good too. Veto comp's going to be great. But you know what I like? I like, uh, so Nicole threw that shot at Janelle, like a public one, which was fine. And that was fun because I love the drama. That's what I'm there for. But I like yeah. the way Danny is poking the bear behind the scenes a little bit. Oh, yeah. You got to watch. So Danny's like like my like I, I'm pulling for her too because she gets it. She's just quietly little you know what? It's just little yeah. pokes, little jabs yeah. every now and then and then suggestions, goes, right? Suggestions of down exactly. planting seed, everyone's bulk, so it's easy to do. Like she's manipulating in there. Like she she ain't stupid. Like she knows what she's doing. So yeah, because Tyler's all stressed out about Devon because Devon was 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 asking to be chosen should someone win and she's leveraging that to create a bunch of doubt yeah which is it's 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 masterful so hopefully she can just like as long as you as long as you can do that stuff and keep a level head you're fine yeah um, that was a that was a vet move by her on that one very vet move and she went far you know she's gone far she knows how to play this game so she's one that's gonna i think behind the scenes gonna be pulling some levers like really, what really what a meow meow type should be doing, you know? Yeah. Oh, I finally got to hear him say it last night. Oh, I love yeah. him, meow meow. He's so he's good. the best. He's my favorite. He's, I just want him to stay, just because, like I said, like just how he explains stuff and 
he's, he's just he's just a hoot. Like he's just entertaining. <laughs> the whole bit with him and the bidet was so good. <laughs> hey, yeah, like he that was a that was a new experience. Yeah, that was a new experience for him. I liked it a lot. Uh, the last so, how about? Oh, go ahead. The last area I wanted to touch on on Big Brother, like I just want to say, David is not good at this game. Oh, he's, he's really so not like he's socially, really man. He always says the wrong thing, like consistently. Yeah, well, he, he is bad. He's really he, bad. At he sketched out Davon, and then after him not getting nominated, he just said he crushed this week. I was like, he's done nothing, dude. Yeah, he was yeah, like, I, I'm feeling like I'm crushing it right now, and it's like you lost a big veto, failed to really get yourself into any solid form of alliance, here, yeah. and like that's that's not crushing it, man. You need to win something. Would you make it? He's absolutely floaty, which makes it really interesting that Chalmers picked him as his horse in uh, Big Brother All-Stars. Yeah, it's a shame. Chalmers well, really needs to come forward and explain himself there. He's well, just like, before the season starts, he's like, I really like the look of this David guy, and I think that his second chance is going to be his best opportunity. And then now all of a sudden, David's just not doing very well. David Chalmers just nowhere to defend the choice. Well, look at look how he loses competition. Like, yeah. holy cow. Like, that veto? Like, what were you doing, dude? Yeah, I don't Anyways. know. It's, it's uh, Chalmers is still in the middle. Like a one and done takes some time to get done. So yep, he's yep. still in the midst of it. So if he legally gets, not legally, but if he, if he can avoid the authorities in this, um, we'll welcome him back. So it's got to be soon. I think he said it was a three week one and done. I feel like, oh, can't wait to hear him defend this yeah, choice, to be honest. It'll be great. Um, there's a lot of stuff I wanted to get to today that I didn't get to. Um, one of them was the yes, of Yarvi thing. Congratulations, Jay. You're this podcast's insider. Well, you know, I travel over to Finland. I've opened up uh, some, some back channels between Edmonton and there. And uh, there is a flow of information that if I get anything newsworthy, I will share with uh, with our amazing community. So thank you, Tyler, for acknowledging that. That was a lot of vodka drinking and uh, rain, reindeer meatball eating uh, finally paying off. That's go, how yeah. the best deals come together, though, yeah. don't they? Reindeer meatballs and vodka. <laughs> well, in Finland, that's the only way. And sauna. Sorry, a lot of sauna. So a lot of a lot of a lot of nudity, a lot of reindeer meatballs, a lot of vodka or Mr. Belvedere, as they like to call it, um, and just a lot of laughs and trust. I left. And- I left. I left Finland with a bridge of trust. So that was a few months ago. Now that you kind of said that that the window was open, Jay, and it's I mean, interesting. Yeah. It's interesting to see that, you know, as it's progressed, the window opened further and further. Now it seems like he's actually going to come back. I think that's good for both sides. Honestly, it's, I do it's, too. A, bet, it's, it's a bet for both sides worth making. So if it doesn't work, I, I believe there's like a gentleman's agreement that they'll, 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 they'll try to trade him. But like, give it a shot, dude. Like, hopefully it seems like he's matured a little bit. Hopefully we as an organization have matured a little bit with the, the treating of him. Because... Uh, like that guy could be ninety-seven shooter, man. Like that's 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 if, if you if you win that job, your NHL career is set. Yeah. Or at the very least, like at the very very least, he has an opportunity to provide the Oilers with some value and some depth scoring that they desperately need. It's it's a perfect fit. Hundred percent. It, it only helps. Like, and we didn't have to go out and you know we're probably going to get him for a good deal. Right, like in terms of like what, like around a million bucks. That's what we're hearing. Yeah, yeah, roughly. Right, so like, like, so you know, that's that's more. That frees up more money, you know, for uh, Ekman Larson and the nine thousand first round picks we're going to give up. 
but uh, like it, it helps the team. And, 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 and so that way, if it's priced that way, I think there can only really be upside. And if there's downside, it didn't kill us. Yeah. hundred percent. And uh, oh, I know he said this before already, but like shout out to uncle Ken for just sitting this one out. Cause you know, a thousand percent that if this was pistol Pete, he would have flipped him for like a fifth round pick or something. Whereas Ken Holland's just yeah. like, no, I don't got the offer I want. I'm just going to sit yeah. on it, go to Finland, play some good hockey, get your confidence back. Let's talk about it later. Well, that's the thing. So if they can do that, if you can, if they can, if you can pull another move and get Athens CEO to sign for a, a lesser deal on a show me type contract, and we can just get some kind of, you know, decent output from these guys, like, if we get some offensive output for those two guys with the current top six that we have, uh, and they, they kind of move around in that, like that's a that's a huge help. Then it's just really just shoring up our our defense and whoever our our second goalie is going to be. Like, I mean, interesting offseason. It it, it 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 might make the job a little bit easier. At least give us a little bit more wiggle room to try to make some moves to to address that. It'll be, yeah, and you know what? I We talked about Josh Parker earlier in the podcast. We're going to bring him in next, uh, or can this coming up on Thursday here to the pod, and I'm excited for his takes on the Oilers. So maybe Thursday I'll come up with like a solid list of like 10 Oilers topics, and we can just have a good old-fashioned roster debate on the team. Well, I like that also, picture of the it, two of you standing on the truck yeah. talking about it like in the good old days. That's what we'll try to do Thursday. Well, Josh and I, every Friday, we go around and shoot the Oodle Noodle video. So um, a large portion of that day means going to see Sunny, going to shoot a video. It involves normally going to eat a donair, and we're always talking about hockey. And it also turns out he likes Big Brother, so he'll Ooh. be a nice. Uh, yeah, he'll he'll slide right in nicely with us on Thursday. Yeah, okay. I like it. That'll be sick. All right, that's what's coming up on Thursday's episode. As always, we are brought to you by the fine folks at Japa Machinery. Check them out online. Check them out on the socials. They're always posting cool pictures of some big equipment. They are your spot. For heavy duty machinery. That's Jappa machinery. And also uh, go check out Odd Shark. If you want to lay down some money on your sports book, you need to go to Odd Shark first. Make sure you're getting all that good information. Shout out to Scott Hastings. Shout out to the two of you for sticking around as well. Shout out to Wanye. And uh, shout out to everyone listening to the Real Life Podcast. Episode 207 is over. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the Real Life Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 